Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. I'm at the U.S. Grains Council meeting that is taking place in Tampa, Florida. So, of course, lots of things when it comes to what we've been seeing export-wise. And we know there's been the discussion. I've heard a lot of it talked about in the hallways today. And that's coronavirus as it continues to be a big headline and as we're going to find out here momentarily how it seems to be shaping the markets and what we're seeing add to it that um, Arlen Suderman by the way is joining us from FC Stone and he talks about these resources is it being taken away from covering African swine fever just to control coronavirus if so what is that going to mean for the hog industry so lots of things to look at and of course Arlen uh, first and foremost it is coronavirus and its effects on the on the market trade yeah, it's having a big impact, and uh, for today it was positive, uh, and that was interpretation of what people were observing, and uh, we talk a little bit about whether we think that's an accurate interpretation or not. Um, but I think coronavirus is, you know, I should, maybe I should back up and say China just finished celebrating uh, its 70th anniversary of communist rule of uh, its current structure of government in China. And I think that this coronavirus is providing the greatest challenge to the leaders of China that they've encountered during that 70 years. Um, certainly it is uh, creating a lot of problems for them. And uh, the biggest challenge right now is making sure they can feed their people. And uh, they're having some troubles in doing that. Coronavirus, I initially downplayed the significance of it. I thought uh, it, it you know, another respiratory disease, not that significant. Uh, its death rate initially looked to be around 2.5%, uh, which is significant. Uh, but if you look at the common influenza, um, historically, well, last year, we lost over 45,000 Americans to influenza in the United States. It's usually those who already have impaired health who fall victim to it and uh, while it's sad when it happens particularly if it's a loved one it's part of what we've become accustomed to here in the United States and around the world um, but the death rate for those who get influenza last year when we had a big year was 0.14 percent it's been as high as two and a half percent back in 1918 and uh, there's a lot of people who will, in the field who will talk about that year of 1918 which was very significant in the world as far as the threat of disease and it looked like something similar to that now uh, the to compare it the SARS virus back in the, the end of 2002 and the first half of 2003 also originating in China killed about 800 and the death rate for it was about 10 percent but as i got studying more about it i thought you know this is something different this is a sars virus once you got the virus you immediately started showing symptoms and were contagious um, with this virus you may not show symptoms for three to 14 days and some say possibly much longer but you can spread the disease you're contagious during that time so that allows it to spread much faster before health authorities know who to isolate and so that's the real threat going here and that has brought significant fear we expected the death rate to fall below two percent and then rise notably beyond that that's what it did last week it dropped below two percent and now it's starting to rise the positive side in the markets today is they see that over the last two days the the number of confirmed cases that have been growing exponentially 
um, to over 45,000 people, in Ch- mostly in China, around 99% of them in China. That number, the growth rate of that number slowed dramatically over the last two days. And so there's a sense in the markets that, hey, the worst is behind us. It's peaking out. But two days ago, I saw a post on social media from a state uh, reporter with state media posting a picture of a government document uh, in Mandarin that was uh, said that the government was going to be redefining what they considered to be a confirmed case, no longer call, no longer considering someone a confirmed case if they tested positive as they were before, but waiting until they actually had symptoms. And the fear was that that would reduce the number of new cases, falsely giving this impression that uh, the disease was starting to peak out and turn lower. And that seems to be exactly what's happening. On the ground in China, though, as we talk to our people there, things are still very much a fear factor. Um, we've been told that China's economy is starting back up this week. But uh, we, see, we saw a lot of restaurants in Shanghai, for example, that tried to reopen. Uh, local government entities limited the number of customers that could be in each restaurant to like 12. Uh, one Another example is the local McDonald's that required you to have a temperature check or check ID before you could come in and then register in and out so they could track people. Um, and so businesses are really struggling to get back up and going. They're struggling to get the meat they need. Processors aren't operating at full capacity. Farmers are struggling to get feed for their livestock. We know there's been quite a bit of death. How much is hard to ascertain um, death of animals because of running out of feed, poultry as well. And those who do are fortunate enough to feed, they can't get them to market process them, so to speak, or to the processors and get the meat delivered. And so it is kind of still a situation of uh, somewhat of chaos and need there in China. (laughs) Excuse me. And I think this is far from over. And that's why we're starting to see some hits on consumption in the region as well. Well, it's definitely, we're going to come back and continue to talk about this, the effects that we're going to see on the hogs and beyond. It's an interesting perspective, and I think a a side that we haven't really seen in the marketplace in the discussion about coronavirus and how it's affecting the folks directly in China. Well, Arlen, we'll take a look at that, look at more as well as we continue in part two in just a moment. It is the Wednesday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue our conversation with Arlen Suderman. Arlen, we talked, um, and I mentioned at the beginning of the program that um, they were taking away the resources for dealing with African swine fever, putting those resources towards coronavirus. So what does that mean for African swine fever and the possible flare-up once again? Yeah, there's no question that uh, control of coronavirus is the, the number one priority. And while China would likely deny it, we see evidence that uh, work and resources devoted to the, the previous resources devoted to control of African swine fever have kind of been put on the back burner to focus on coronavirus. That in turn is raising fears that uh, we could see a third wave of African swine fever create problems there. 
uh, as I talked to our team in uh, Shanghai, they talk about uh, right now everyone's just kind of staying indoors and ordering their food using kind of the equivalent of Amazon, which in China would be primarily Alibaba, I believe, um, to order food to be delivered to them. And uh, so as you go online and look at the food choices to order, they've been primarily imported frozen or domestic frozen pork, if you want to get pork. And the people of China really prefer fresh over frozen. Some are going ahead and ordering that, but others are simply switching toward uh, more of a staple diet of a starch-based diet. How much of a shift is really hard to determine, but you got 1.4 billion people, even a 1% shift is gonna have an impact. So um, he, he has noticed that as some travel restrictions have been lifted this week, that fresh supplies do start appearing in the morning, but by the end of the day, those fresh, those options for fresh pork supplies are pretty much gone. Uh, another thing that Darren has been following is a specialty item in China, and that's called pig brains, believe it or not. Hopefully no one's eating lunch or dinner while they listen to this. Um, the pig brains are real specialty in China, and so it's, it's what we call inelastic demand. So no matter what the price, those who like them are gonna pay that for them. And so if you can track that, versus the price of uh, um, products like bacon or something that comes in the belly, you can get an idea of what's actually happening with the supply of pork in China. Because each pig only has one brain versus, you can, as we know, because of the high margins there, they've been raising their hogs to higher rates so you could get more meat off of one hog, but you can only get one brain from the hog. And so tracking that, we've seen pig brains really peak in price. Um, here a matter of few weeks back, or I should say back in November, I believe it was, and they've come down a little bit, but they've really stabilized. And the come down would suggest that we did have an increase in supply there. And uh, there were some awful reasons for that. We don't, we, uh, we think there may have been a little bit of a bounce in the hub numbers, but really not significant. And so all this talk about, oh, the worst is behind us with ASF, we really don't believe it's true. We're not seeing the evidence of that in China right now. We'll jump back uh, to this part of the country. I know that uh, this morning Eric Snodgrass made the comment to me about the delays that they're seeing in implanting in the southern part of the U.S. because of the excessive moisture. Are we continuing to see that as a concern not only here in the States but as we look at South America trying to get this crop out of the ground? You know, there's been a lot of wetness over the past week in Brazil. As we look forward, we do see more rain chances. It's more normal rain chances. Now, you'll get different uh, meteorologists who will point at different models to otherwise, but uh, the people we follow and have confidence in think that uh, we're making good progress with the harvest and the spring of corn planting, and we expect to continue to make good progress and uh, do not see a significant threat at this point. Meanwhile, the early soybean yields have been better than expected. Uh, we do think that they'll go down as we get deeper into the harvest as it moves south. Um, but overall, support to is increase in the production estimates uh, currently seen. How are we doing when we compare U.S. dollar to real? Yeah, the, the BRL, Brazil's currency, has hit record lows versus a dollar this week. And so if you take U.S. prices at the port, very competitive with Brazil, you throw in those currency differences, it makes a huge difference. 
And as I look at soybeans right now, priced with currency taken into effect, priced into China, uh, you're talking about a minimum of 30 to 50 cents cheaper per bushel to buy Brazilian beans. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just not the United States that's, uh, you know, going to hurt from that. Uh, other countries, well, I guess I should say it this way, it's not just China that's going to look at that, but other countries as well. It's going to be very hard for us to hit USDA's new, newly revised, upwardly revised export target, I should say, from yesterday's crop report with that type of relationship. All right, sounds good, Arlen. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? INTL, FC Stoned, or on Twitter, Arlen FF101. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss and are not suitable for all investors. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.